This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible. So today we're talking about something I think is really important for anyone building a business, anyone who wants to be known for what they do. And that is about finding ways to become a specialist in one unique area. And I'm joined today by Rob Cohen, who has such a wealth of experience in the property market in property valuation, with lenders, with banks, and everything in that industry at a very high level. And we have just helped Rob to launch his new podcast, Property Valuation Podcast, which you can now go and find on Apple. And if any of you have been following my journey or over the last few weeks, you will know that Apple has not been playing ball with new podcasts. So I'm delighted that Rob's show is now available for you to go and listen. So welcome to the show, Rob. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Anna. I really appreciate it. So for my listeners then who don't know you and probably may not know anything about the property market, give a little overview about what it is you do, what it is you're sharing on your podcast and why that matters. So property is a very general area that everyone maybe is involved in, whether it's buying your home or renting your home or an investment and so on. So I think everyone listening or every person in the world has some association with property. My job and my journey has been valuing those properties for banks or for lenders or for institutions so that you can get a mortgage, whether it's with Barclays or Santander or Lloyds or RBS. And so we go in and we say the property is worth X. And so you can borrow Y and purchase your dream home that you're going to live in for the rest of your life. Yeah, in fact, we've just had this done for our house just on Saturday. We had that mad panic where suddenly we had to make it look like no one actually lived in the house, which is kind of a challenge with a family with three children in it. So you're quite right, actually. So even if you're not involved in in consciously thinking about a business or an investment in buying or in selling property, we're all renting somewhere or we're all living somewhere, I hope, or we're buying somewhere. And so this is a really important way to build your wealth, potentially. So you have a wealth and a huge history in the property valuation market. So just explain what your journey has been there, Rob, and what you're passionate about bringing to the fore in terms of sharing your knowledge. So I wasn't very good at school, didn't pass my A-levels and left left school at a young age and told my parents and more specifically my mum not going back to college, not doing uni. I'm going to go out there and work. I got a summer intern job in Wembley in London and when I was 16 and it was kind of like no turning back for me. I, I just wanted to be open, earn money. I just was a, a grafter, a hustler. I wanted to earn money. I, I, I just thought that was my my way in life. And so education and school just didn't motivate me. I wasn't inspired. I wasn't excited. I wasn't hungry. I wanted to go out there. I fell into property by chance. And then nearly three decades, 30 years later, I'm 
still in the industry and and loving it with a lot of passion, a lot of energy, a lot of drive because it, it's my life. It's what I've experienced for so long, and because I've worked six days a week, fourteen hours a day over those twenty eight years to be precise, and put in one hundred thousand hours into an area automatically by default that makes me an expert and a specialist and a master practitioner of my trade mm. and i think in this day and age it's it's fairly unique for people to stay in one field for their whole working life you know that doesn't happen very often and I know that one of the things that you're passionate about educating people who are coming into the property market, whatever that looks like for them, whether they're lending, borrowing, whether they're bankers, whether they are surveyors, it's about encouraging them to really specialise in in very particular areas of property. Why does that matter? I think it doesn't matter what industry you're in or what job you're in. When you're offering something or adding value or providing content like this show, you don't want to be in the middle. Anything in the middle is generic and doesn't add value. Everything to the sides adds value and is different. And that's where experts and specialists come in. So to stand out or for someone to make a decision to listen to Anna or to listen to Rob, They've got to be providing something over and above and beyond what Tom, Sally, John are providing. And the only way they can do that is because they've amassed uh, an expertise, a knowledge, or the value that they're providing, the content that they're giving is special and relatively unique. And the only way you can really do that is by day in, by day out, putting in the hours, building the reps in your field, in your specialism, because how are you meant to stand in front of someone and show your prowess and your knowledge and be real and authentic and truthful without having in the locker room that extensive knowledge, intel and, and, and experience? It, it goes hand in hand. So give us an example then of how this might work as if someone's qualified as a chartered surveyor. How can they then, in that field, a field you know very well, how can, what does specialism look like there? So, for example, a lot of the stuff I do is prime, super prime residential valuation work. And when you work in any industry, you need to have a macro and micro context. What do I mean by that? You need to understand what happened in the 90s at the bottom of the deep recession and how that product developed. And then you need to know what happened in 2008, 2009 with Lehman's and another crash. And then you need to know how the market was affected by Brexit. And then you need to know what happened through COVID. And then you need to know what's happening today in Mayfair or in Holland Park or in St. John's Wood with every micro transaction. You have to have absolute context of your field and know what's going on every single day now live May 21, and you need to be able to revert back to May 2010 and compare and contrast how the markets were performing, what the trends were, what's happening now that happened before, what's not happening now that happened before. And when you're a specialist, you feel those things, you know those things, you've got a sixth or seventh sense because you've been there before, you've done it. It just looks a little different today 
but you've been there before. And that's what every expert and every specialist within their trade has. We're doing an audio podcast now, right? Historically, that would have been radio and then it would have been TV. And now a podcast is a, a bit of both, depending on if you're watching it or listening to it and so on. All you have to understand is the nuance and the niche has moved and developed, but the, the output is the same. We're talking about a subject or life in general, and we're reaching out to an audience who is hopefully interested in the subject and the discussion point, and so they will listen. The platform we're using to elevate that knowledge and information has changed, and we have adapted towards that. So what difference does this make then in getting clients, in having authority and having credibility within a field? I think you you know as well as, as anyone that the people that work with you trust you mm. and they believe in you and they're putting faith in you to produce whatever they require. So for my work, it's producing an independent valuation that tells a bank or a lender that the price of that property is X or Y, and they're relying on you to do their job or to reach their goals or play out their wishes and dreams, which is a lot of what you're doing. And if they can't rely or they can't trust you or you let them down, then they're not going to use you again or your reputation is going to get damaged, etc. And when you're really at the top of your industry, or you're the master practitioner in your space, people just come to you because they know that you're the one that's going to produce, you're the one that they can rely upon, and you have that knowledge and expertise to guide and advise them so they don't go wrong, or you do your best to protect them so that they don't go wrong. And that doesn't change in any industry. What I think comes up for me is that whenever we want to service, Whenever we want something doing that's potentially complex and out of our field of knowledge, or we don't have the time or the interest in learning everything to do it ourselves, we don't want someone who's okay at what they do. We want the best that we can afford. And for me, if you're going, you know, if you want to be successful in any field, why would you go to someone who is not an expert, does not have the background. And I know that there's always different budgets to consider, but how often, if we want a plumber, for example, you know, we've got a flood in our house, we want, yes, we want someone who is the who knows what they're doing and we want someone who can come out quickly, but what we want is someone who is known as trustworthy, who has a field of recommenda- recommendations and referrals and knows, has the knowledge to get the job done well. And so, and I think that, there's so many people forget this or they're scared of demonstrating and letting people know that I have this bank of experience. And unfortunately, if you don't tell people, if you don't let people know through your content, through your website, through your interactions with people, I have this knowledge, I have this background, how is anyone going to know that? And that's one of the things that strikes me about you, Rob. You are passionate about letting people know I have this expertise because this is my lived history. Now, interestingly, I don't think that you have to have been in a field for a very, very long time to have accumulated that, depending on what you're doing. But you do have to have gone deep. 
you do have to have absorbed, you do have to have done your research, you do have to have had practical application. Those things can actually be accelerated if you're the kind of person that is ready to kind of jump into whatever you're doing with both feet. What do you see people in in the property field, what do you see people getting wrong with this then? So I, I think the important point you've just made is going very deep and going very narrow into your specialism and your expertise. And that's really important. A lot of people try to be very generic and try to cover all of the areas and show that they can do everything. Whereas a real expert and a real specialist is really super deep and super narrow in, in their, in their field. And so what a lot of people do is they try to claim to do everything okay, but nothing amazingly. Whereas it's much better to do one or two things brilliantly to the very highest level than try to be the jack of all trades. And I think that comes across very much in in any industry, but in property, it's yes, we can do this. And yes, we can do that. And yes, I've done this. And yes, I've done that. And ultimately, the more you're yesing and, and saying that you've done, the less confidence and trust maybe someone has because it's kind of like, well, this person seems to be doing everything. Whereas if they were a bit more authentic and a bit more truthful and say, actually, that's just not my area. That's not my expertise. I can't fix that problem. I can't do that. I, I am good at this, though, and I'm really strong in that area. And when you start behaving very truthfully and authentically within your field and, and act in a more narrow way, suddenly people start looking at you differently and suddenly people start thinking, Okay, he's being open. He's saying what he can't do. He can do. He's saying what he can't do, which is really important. And some people are very scared to say they can't do something because they don't want to admit that they're lacking in a certain area. And at the same time, there are people that are very modest and very humble who don't believe in themselves enough within what they do to share their expertise and knowledge. So like you just said previously, they're a bit off the radar and a bit off the scale because they can't recognize within themselves the value that they add and what they offer. So they would miss opportunities because they don't have that self-worth or there's a lot of insecurity or a lot of self-doubt about what they're offering. So they don't believe in themselves. And if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect someone else to then trust and rely upon you when you can't even get beyond yourself. And I think that's really important. It's so true. And it's not that you, I think when people put themselves out there with the, the name expert or whatever, or something similar to that, they have real fears. I'm going to be judged. I'm not good enough. Imposter syndrome, all of that stuff. But the truth is those feelings are in every single one of us to some degree. Yeah. It's just some of us choose to kind of step beyond that. So my question for you then, Rob, is how important is establishing a personal brand in any field that you're in? I, I, I do think it's massively important because on one side, you can hide behind an organization and just because you represent that brand and that organization, um, that automatically makes you something special, which some people buy into, but it isn't entirely true. And then there's the other way around. You can have all the bravado and and everything that, that goes with your personal brand and everyone loving you. But if there's no substance and depth behind that bravado, then you're shallow and it's not real. So I, I do think a personal brand is massively important. Ultimately, we work with individuals. And just to give you 
a story in, in the property world. Some of the biggest firms out there are Savills and Knight Frank and CBRE. They're, they're, they're mega, mega organizations, the biggest in the world. But when someone really wants something doing or trusts someone, you know, you could be working for Mickey Mouse and Co. And if they trust you, Anna, as the individual at Mickey Mouse and Co., then that's where they're going. And so Anna now is at Mickey Mouse and Co. And I've always trusted Anna and I've always worked with Anna. And I'm sticking with her because she's never let me down. So I don't care what the company brand is. It's all about brand Anna, and that's who I'm sticking with. She's served me well for 20 years, and she's going to serve me well for the next 20 years. I just think that's huge. I think if everyone lived their life every single day and worried about brand me, not in a selfish way or ego way, but in I'm going to do good, I'm going to serve, I'm going to help, I'm going to provide, I'm going to produce, I'm not going to let anyone down, ultimately they're buying brand within themselves with everyone around them and then by default that grows and grows and grows and it doesn't have to be showy or in your face oh i did this and i did that and i'm like great no it's actually about producing what is your output what is your behavior are you consistent are you always there are you dependable are you reliable are you honest are you trustworthy all of these basic values in life and i say they're basic but Uh, they're quite hard to maintain. But if you keep with those, and then all the people around you see that you day in, day out, continuously offer them, then your brand value just goes up and up. And over time, and and the time is the big one, when you do it decade after decade, suddenly the foundation of your brand is very strong. Because if not, you're an overnight sensation or a one-trick pony. And that is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you really want to serve and really want to give over a long period of time, then you've got to put in the hours. So a one hit wonder. That concept of wanting to serve is quite important, I think, because when you have deep knowledge on an area, there is that sense of actually I want to give back because I realize I realize that I have this level of knowledge and actually there are many people who would benefit. And I think when you come from a place in your business that that's what you're trying to do and that some of your personal brand and your the way you, your interactions, I very much agree that you are your brand in everything that that you do, your interactions, whether you're on stage, whether you're on podcast interviews, how you deal with your clients, that that then you are able to kind of make quite big inroads in your industry because you come from this place of service. So Rob, then for someone who, completely different business to you, but you know, they maybe aren't in a financially lucrative place right now. And they're scared of this narrowing down, this going niche with what they do. What would your advice be to them? Well, when you go narrow and you go niche, my advice is to do it in an area that you love doing it and it gives you a lot of joy and happiness and satisfaction so that if you're not getting in the short term the economic financial returns, at least you're fulfilled and you're growing as a person and you're developing. So if you go super narrow and niche in something that you hate, then it's a road for disaster. So I think that's really important. If you love picking blackberries and strawberries and that's your passion and that's your dream and that's your life then go pick strawberries go pick blackberries find the best place in the whole country to do it and live out your life picking blackberries and strawberries and 
hopefully there's a really big market for it and you become the absolute expert for it because for 30 years, that's what you've been doing. And everyone in that industry knows that you're the best person at that and you love it. And it's like a hobby more than it's like a job. So whether it's with animals or with sport or with flowers or, or whatever, go super deep and narrow with, with something that gives you a lot of pleasure, a lot of joy, and a lot of happiness. And then work out if there are any economics behind it. Because, for example, there is no point going super niche and narrow in a product that no one wants, isn't going to be around in five years. And, and so you're only doing it for yourself. Economically, financially speaking, that's just not a great path. So it is good if the path you go super narrow and super deep in is the one that you know in 10 or 20 or 30 years everyone wants, because then it's worthwhile putting in the hours. So for example, in 2021, petrol and cars are changing. So if you go all in on petrol cars in the UK, knowing that in 2030, all cars are going to be electric, maybe it's not the best path to go down. But if you focus on the electric now, it would be a good idea. If you focus on sustainability and climate and what's going to happen in the future over the next 20 years, that's a great place to be because that's where everything is heading. And if you become that specialist and in data and in technology and so on and so on and so on. So you want to go down the path that's growing, that you love and you have a real passion and energy for. If you don't, it becomes really difficult. Why? Because when you hit the barriers and you hit the wall, what's getting you through that? Mm. And if you don't like the thing you're doing, you're definitely not going to get through the barrier and through the wall because there's no driver. And it's so true that no matter what you do, the barriers will come up, the blocks will come up, the challenges will happen. And I think you're, what you're talking about there is that sweet spot of passion, profit and purpose. Something that bring, makes you feel alive, that makes you feel joyful, that you can make money from. And the purpose it is the be all and end all. It's the reason you wake up every morning with an energy and a drive to serve, to give back, to produce, to live your life. If you don't understand what that purpose is when you wake up in the morning, then why are you living? And even though it is the most simple and basic question you could ever ask, most people will go through their entire life and their entire existence without finding out the answer to the question. So what I would say to the audience and be very clear, first and foremost, what is your reason for living? What is your purpose? So like your raison d'etre, uh, you know, why are you waking up every morning? If you don't know the answer to that question, I suggest you spend as much time over the next 10, 20, 30 years and find it as quick as you can. The second you do find out what your purpose is, then what are you going to do about it? So how are you going to act on your purpose? What are you going to do every day that makes life fulfilling and meaningful? And then when you've done the first two things, the third point is in 10 or 20 years down the line, is your purpose and meaning for living still the same or has it evolved? So do you need to go down a different path? That's like the three-stage strategy to life. But if you can't get past the reason for getting up in the morning, then there's no point in living. And I, I know it sounds like so shallow and so basic to say, but you only get one life. We're very lucky to be alive. We're super grateful in 2021 just to be alive and have health, whatever that looks like. So if you're not making the most of what 
the opportunity of life is given to you because you know why and what your purpose is, then you're wasting that opportunity and someone else might have it. I really think the whole crux comes down to that. I do, absolutely. And I know that for me, it's work with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, lots of journaling, lots of checking in with myself is the thing I want to do, making me happy. Not, And I don't mean happy in every single moment, like we're all running around smiling all the time, but does it give me a sense of achievement, but also a sense of contribution? And I love what you said there. In fact, I did a solo episode just yesterday on how can you make sure that you are aware of the change you want to see in the world and deciding the part you want to play. And I think that that's where those things kind of collide. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Rob. I know that people can come and find you on your brand new podcast. So just tell my listeners a little bit about your show. Yes. So it's all about property valuation and the property industry at wide. I know you've asked me about four times and I haven't given you the direct answer so far, but I want to give back to an industry that's been so giving and I've been so lucky and blessed to be part of it. And I want to get as much reach and coverage to whether it's students or graduates or young professionals or senior professionals. I just want to add great value, great content and help every single person in the industry or new people get into the industry that's so special. And using all of those 100,000 hours of experience and knowledge, I'm just going to throw as much content and value out there um, just to help people on their journey. And, and, And that's what I'm aiming to do. Great. Well, go check it out, people. The link will be in the show notes if you're listening on Apple or Spotify today, the Property Valuation Podcast with Rob Cohen. So I hope that this conversation today about why you should have a specialism has got you thinking about what you're doing, because I can promise you, I've done this several times over in different industries. And the moment you go full on, you can stand out, you get better results, you get more referrals and quickly. And you can then begin to own your knowledge of what happens in that specialism. And it doesn't, it doesn't take forever. You don't have to have 30 years, but you do need to go deep. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And thanks for joining us, Rob. Thanks, Emma. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.